On this week's show, we have Rob Moran from Tova. Rob is the head of UK sales, and we discuss how we got started, what's going on now, and what the future looks like at Tova. Thanks, Rob, for coming on the podcast. It's good to have you. I want to start, who is Rob Moran? <laughs> huge nice. question to start off again. Huge, huge one. Well, first off, well, I was thinking about kind of a an opening opening line, um, kind of thanks for having me, but it sounds a bit... Yeah. But who, who's Rob Moran? Okay, so been in the industry, flooring industry, I would say since 1991. Um, so uh, I'm not the youngest uh, guy out there, 55 now for my sins. Um, yeah. Left school. I've not just always been in the flooring industry. I've intermittently hopped from one thing to another with a couple of businesses um, that I've been involved with. Um, kind of started out, left school, no qualifications, hated school with a passion. I realised actually that there was something definitely wrong with my schooling when I live right in my mother's house where I'm at now at the moment right. because I needed quiet space. And I used to be the first out the gate every day, no matter where right. I was. I, I, it actually dawned on me, I thought, right, okay, this isn't... So academia wasn't um, my strong point, wasn't for me. No, no. So um, you did a couple of different things when, you, when you're younger. I was a, a jobbing actor. Right. But, yeah. At a stage, which um, for, for kind of three years did a... I'm well known. I did some really strange roles, but um, I did was a job in actor. I didn't think that was. I think that's probably helped me actually. Yeah. Um, throughout, daft as it sounds, just the being able to communicate, just like what you know what we're doing now. Exactly. Um, you didn't. You don't realise it at the time, do you? So I was that kind of job in actor, and then I went into the flooring industry. Okay. Um, basically, pestered the life out of my mate just because I was skint. Give me a job, I'll do anything. Wouldn't even let me put underleg down. So for the first six months, I just did gripper. Right. And then it was make your own mistakes with the underlay. <laughs> and you kind of learn from the ground up, meet people, um, rough and ready warehouse in Liverpool, it was. Um, right. But busy, always busy with, uh, with jobs. And you kind of learn. I, I never got taught how to fit. Um, I just got... He didn't never stop to my mate Phil never stopped to teach me. He just said, "Well, just learn as you go along." Which was so you do make some mistakes. I look back on it and I cringe really. Some of the jobs I the, the, the butcher I was known at one stage. But was that um, carpet fitting? That that carpet was primarily in vinyl. Yeah. Um, so so that's how, that's how we started. And okay, so my dad. This is we'll get back to the the business side now. My dad used to be a tanker driver. Okay. Um, so he used to transport adhesive. Okay. So um, he got me some of this adhesive, and I thought, well, this is it's like copy decks, latex. For everyone out there who's who's old as me, you'll remember. Yeah. Not so much now. So Literally thought, off the back of a lorry. Off the back of a lorry. <laughs> so um, I thought this is great. This is fantastic. This I, I can sell some of this to my pals, but it was like water. It wasn't thick, so. I found out how to thicken it. Tried loads of things, corn flour, all these bloody stupid things to do. Anyway, I found out how to thicken it. So then I thought, right, okay, I'll get more and more of this stuff. Ended up in my mum's garage right. with a little food mixer <laughs> making glue. Yep. <laughs> with my mum helping me. A little 20-litre right. um, pot, 
making latex. And I went out on the road and I thought, this is great. I'm hitting the shops here. Hit a couple of shops, sold everything. Thought, wow, this is for me. This is, that's it now. Forget qualifications. I'll just do this. And then I thought, hang on a minute. I've been around all day. I've sold 10 tubs, whatever. Got to be an easier way. So I went to a wholesaler um, and started from there, really, and ended up supplying the country through Morley's. Right. Everyone out there, Morley yeah, yeah. Metals, big, big wholesaler. Yeah. Um, and, and just started selling more and more and more and more. Got a machine, um, got a fact, got kind of a factory. Um, and then I kind of invented a kit to repair laminate flooring. Okay, yeah. When laminate flooring was really popular and took that idea to, after loads of hassle and two years of heartache, took it to B&Q's distributors. Okay. And kind of made a deal with them and the factory because I didn't have the finance. So so that's kind of a long circuitous route. Yeah. But I've always been involved with flooring. Okay. It's always come back, even though I've left, I've come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just stays with you in your blood. So I did that for a few years and started supplying lots of different accessories to the flooring trade through um, probably about 15 different products at one stage. I was supplying wicks b and q all these type of all these type of places with adhesives right um but with other you know the usual mop kits and usual bits and pieces so i kind of been on the ground literally as a fitter but you kind of stumble into things in life don't you and you you go from one thing to another and you think well hang on a minute yeah. how did it get here yeah, yeah well, absolutely how come at, at this space so um yeah I, I did that for many, many years, and, and I've had a, a great time, and I absolutely love the flooring trade. It's, it, it's, even though sometimes you think, oh, I want to do something else, yeah. it kind of always pulls you back in, doesn't it? Well, it, do, it certainly yeah. does with yeah. me, no, and the people are great. So, so that's a potted history of, of, of kind of where I am. I started, um, I've known the owners of Tova for about 14 years. Okay. And they approached me, um about seven years ago and said look you know do you want to build our brand in the uk we're just not in the uk so i mean i know that i knew a i wouldn't have any headaches yeah b even though they're not the biggest company in the world they are just innovation it's just amazing and i just saw the opportunity i thought right okay i'll work you know for you yeah um and build something it kind of in, in the UK and, and that's kind of potted history of with gaps in between a lot yeah. of them bad, which we'll get onto by mistakes later on. I'm sure. You yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll get, I'll <laughs> dive into that one. So who, who is Tova? Um, if the people that listen to the show, um, who, you know, yeah. how would you describe who and what Tova do? Okay. Um, Tova supply chemical solutions for flooring. I think is the is kind of the easiest way to put it. Um, real massive range, over a hundred different products. Uh, Italian company, so they're based near Turin in in um, in Italy. Really out there with with formulations, quality of product. I don't think anyone really does does things like the Italians. You know, they, they've got that reputation for excellence. Certainly, um, we do everything from MS polymers. Um, primers, 
but all really specialized products like paints. Um, and the so forward thinking, I mean, this was about 10 or 12 years ago, they decided to make the decision to run the factory from solar, from right. solar power. Okay. So 80%, and they, make, they want to make it 100% in the next, I would say it's going to take a decade, actually, that last 20%. But 80% of the factory production is run from solar. Right. Um, and that keeps costs really on the ground, which is important to Tova. Um, now, it's funny you should say who is Tova, because if I make a call, even now, that's what people say to me generally. Mm. I've just had one just before the podcast. Yeah. Who are you? I've not heard you before. So it's frustrating sometimes, but Tova put all the money really. They don't do the massive adverts. They do Domatex, they do the exhibitions, we do Harrogate, which has been very successful, but they put the money into R&D, into right. the formulations, into developing new products. They've got a kind of unique model with that, how they do it, because they go out to the market, ask the questions really to the trade, but really take it on board and then think, okay, what, can we, what products can we give you that's gonna make your, your life a bit easier? Yeah, and that's that's really Tova in a nutshell. That is the ethos of the company, family company, tight knit, very agile, immediate decisions. Which I knew that before I joined them, I thought, right, these people aren't going to mess about. If I want something, they won't take a week to have meetings upon meetings to decide whether they can support you. They'll just say, the trust that do you think that's a good idea, and they're agile enough to make that happen. But yeah. they're always the innovation really is 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 it's just amazing the products that that, that Tova have got. I don't think anyone can can even remotely touch them. What uh, in the last eighteen months? What would you say is the best thing they or the most standout thing they've brought out that really wowed you? So any products that stand out that you think? Oh, um, yeah, I think really we've got a product called. Um, well, there's two. I'm just going to go for one because you've asked me for one. It's unfair. I don't want to cause you up water. Uh, <laughs> Unica Paint, right. which is, we call it a paint, but it's our Uniqua set of lacquers. Okay. So they do some absolutely amazing effects with that. Metallics, um, cast iron, greys, tints of grey. So it's, it is a, a, a lacquer, really highly resistant to abrasion, um, different colorways. And when you see a, a large area, it's difficult when you see a small sample on a board, it still looks fantastic. But when you actually see, I went to a project in London um, about three weeks ago now, and you actually see, you know, I think it was about 90 or 100 square meters, and you look at it, and it was, it was, it, it just looks amazing. It, okay. it's got the depth you still see the grain through the product um it's got that flexibility in it as well so that 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 to me that's a real wow product so, we've got so is that more of a paint or a clear lacquer or is it yeah, a bit more? no it's it, no it's it's a paint so we right. we actually call it unica paint yeah i suppose that people who are listening to the podcast if you go into a nando's um you look on the floor um a lot of Unica paint is on Nando's because we know we supply a, a big customer who supplies, who does most of the Nando's in the UK. Right. And they use, I think they use reds and blues and all these funky type of um, colours. So that's that, that's something that's really eye-catching. And people in London especially, you know, if we go see a customer, they've got it in the in the window, you know, they've got all the, the they've got sample boards with Unica paint, golds, 
cast iron, which is gorgeous. Silvers, it sounds a bit blingy, but you know, all yeah. the other colours are the bang on trend. I think that's the that's the one for me. And I love the 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 coloured stains and what what you can do with that type of product, all the colours you can hundreds of shades. But to me, the Unica paints the that's the standout one for me at the moment. No, class. Um and so what would you think? over these difficult couple of years we've had, um, have you had any challenges with stock or have you, as anything, uh, or what has been the challenge for you, apart from not being able to see people as much as you like, is, have you found difficult the last couple of years? I think, I think when, look, when, when it was, it was basically this time in 2020, wasn't it really? If, yeah. we, if we look back at the time frame, And I think it, you know, it hit, hit us for six. It certainly did me because my job as, I just love meeting people. And even though kind of we're doing this now over Zoom, which is cool, don't get me wrong, um, it, 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 it's not, I, I prefer by far meeting someone I, because we can talk over Zoom and you can talk over the phone, you can talk over WhatsApp. But what the big challenge for me when COVID hit, I think I spent the first two weeks a bit shell-shocked, yeah. like us all, and thinking, what what are we going to do here? You know, yeah. how's how what is going to happen? How am I even going to? And when Boris come out, you know, and and, and thump the table, and I'm not going to do, try and do a, um, an impression. <laughs> but when he said that, you think I remember looking at Lynn, my, my goodly wife, and thinking, didn't say out loud because I didn't want to induce panic into the household. But I thought, what am I going to do here? And I think all of us, looking back, and I've had conversations since, thought the same. Yeah, what's going to happen? Just how can I even function and do the job? Um, but then I took a, a few weeks, and then I started getting a couple of calls. I started making some calls, and the biggest challenge really was people not knowing. Well, ooh, are you okay to visit? Or we're not really doing that at the moment. But I don't think it took long for the reality to sink in that. Hang on a minute, you know, we we've all got to carry on here. Yeah. You know, but by all means, we're not um, downplaying any kind of risk. And I remember them early days having conversations and it was, well, are you sure you want to see me? That was the question I asked. Yeah, I remember that. You know, do you want me to, you know, do we stand at the opposite side of the studio together or, or the factory or... Well, we just kind of worked it out. But I think the biggest challenge initially certainly was the communication because we've already had Brexit. Yeah. So okay ongoing and two years ago and and let's be frank you know th there are still things are a lot smoother now but the biggest challenge i thought was 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 communication and i, I think i was really lucky that the, the phone just started after about two or three weeks started steadily increasing and people started calling okay um and then i got in the car if right. they were happy to see me yeah, which was, yeah. you know, I didn't push it on people, but they said, "Oh no, you know, we we need to look at, you know, we want to we want to have a feel of the the oil, you know, or, or, you know, you can't do that over Zoom. Want to see the products? You just can't do these things over Zoom effectively, you know, things <laughs> like showing them the lockers and and I only I did get stopped once by um by the coppers, right? <laughs> once, huh. um, and I explained to them and I said, "Look, you know, I'm seeing a big big customer. It might be, you know." 60 80 grand's worth of business i can't do that on a zoom call and um, fair play they said no absolutely fine 
Um, I tried to do as much as I could over Zoom if people yeah. weren't happy, but if people want to see me and they're talking about a significant piece of business, yeah. then I've always I always felt I've got to give the respect to them and and, and go and see them as long as they're happy, yeah. you know. And I've got to, every we all have to keep ourselves safe. But I think biggest challenge was certainly yeah. communication with COVID at the beginning. I think. And now things are settling down a little bit. Um, but sort of this year, what do you think the biggest challenge for flooring professionals is as a, as a whole? It doesn't have to generally be in the adhesive and um, lack of market or, or paint, but yeah. as a general, what, what do you think of that? I, I, what concerns me, I, I mean, and, and I cover the whole of the UK, so I could be in the Highlands and then I'm in London and et cetera. So I, I'm quite, I feel quite, Honoured, really, because I really get to speak to a real massive broad spectrum of, of kind of what's happening in in the industry. Yeah. Um, and it, you, you'd be really surprised where you think things are localised, but in reality, it's like a kind of jungle beat where everyone feels the same. Yeah. That makes any sense. And what worries me is the actual younger people. There's not enough younger people coming into the, the industry. I think that... I think that's that's one of the the major concerns that 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 I feel because there's a lot of sectors like that as well and there's so many different theories about why that is yeah. um but that that's the worry for me that you know and I'd like to see you know more more women in the industry I just don't yeah. feel there's enough no don't get me wrong no. you know I'm a bloke yeah. um, <laughs> but but you know wherever I go it, it's I'd like to see more Come, yeah. come through understand yeah. that the fitters you know obviously there's so few female fitters I, I get that um but it would be great to see more i agree so, my, my wife uh has a has a right giggle with customers because the amount of it's probably quarterly now maybe monthly that uh, a client will say oh can you speak to your boss or she'll come in and start talking about fiber reinforced screed or, or polyurethane lacquer or, or MS glue. And they're like, Oh, so you do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you, you've come to discuss the subfloor prep. Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you need to know. And they're like, Oh, uh, uh, and they don't even know where yeah. to put themselves. So it's Sarah's a right giggle with my, I unfortunately don't get that to, people you know ask advice as, as blokes and those blokes kind of know but yeah when when a female comes i agree it's it's quite funny to watch sometimes um you know can you speak to your manager or can you find out the technical spec so that's yeah yeah in what conversations i've overheard if i've been in in, in a place like this i always really marvel at they take it so well and I, I, sometimes I, that i've winced and, and visibly cringed i thought oh oh dear you know yeah, but yeah, that so that's. But I think the young people, that's um, you know, there are some encouraging signs with you know what you're doing as well, training that's coming through. But we could do with more. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's that's the because if them young people aren't there, they've got to keep coming through, haven't they? Exactly. So no, it seems to be a common trait. Common trait. Um, yeah. So since you've been at Tova, what is the biggest investment you've seen the owners make? um from from afar you know have you seen them getting the checkbooks out and spending money on on anything uh yeah every penny is counted for in tova 
Um, right. I know it is in a lot of business businesses, but they'd be very quick about a yes or a no, which is what I love about about them because it's can we do this? No, or can we do this? Yes, it's usually yes because it's thought out before we we kind of sit down and decide what what we're doing. Um, but certainly, it kind of it, the investment that Tova make is in the research and development. It's not just time; it's you know obviously that's financial as well. Yeah, where they, they they really will pour money and resources into product development. Yeah, that is that 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 is to me. I'm I'm not party to exactly how much, but I know it. You know, certainly six figures uh, on a regular basis on new ways to you know like the self linking lacquers, like you know the new the new technologies and things don't stand still. So the biggest investment for me is the investment that Tova make in the R and D. Okay. This we're going to go back to where we said Rob, um, and it's completely up to you if you answer it personally or for the company. Um, yeah. Biggest mistake you or Tova have ever made? Oh, <laughs> which one? How <laughs> many? Yeah. I've, I've got my notebook out. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I, I always tell, say to everyone, and you've got to be upfront, haven't you? You know, I've made masses of mistakes to be honest with you when i had my own business i'll say i know i know exactly the the biggest mistake i ever made the biggest mistake i ever made was granting a, a, a substantial amount of credit um when i couldn't get credit insurance on a company um and it was for a lot um it was after the financial crisis. No one was giving credit. No one, no one, all these, you know, all these credit reference agencies, they, they were just, the market was in turmoil. So I took, basically thought things will be okay. And it wasn't okay. So <laughs> took me for a huge amount of money for yeah. me at the time. Um, and, and, and did see the business under. And, and you find out then who your friends are. Basically, yeah. who 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 support you? Because luckily, you know, I would say ninety nine percent of people stuck by me. Said, yeah. "No, it's not your fault, Rob. Anything we can do for you in the future, you know." And, and sometimes words are easy like that to say, but they're followed up by you know actions. Yeah, can we help you? This, let's do this, let's do that. So the biggest mistake that I've made loads of other yeah. silly mistakes, but that that is a whopper, which yeah. you know. Just young, too ambitious. Probably, I thought things will be okay. They were, you know, big household name of a company. I won't say who they are, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest one for me. Yeah. No, I appreciate your honesty because I think it, I'm very much a believer of you know what what breaks you can actually make you and your experience. And I'm very much in the same boat that you know we we had a business uh, that we built up over numerous years, made a few bad decisions, and you know we lost the house, the the whole kit and caboodle but i'm actually privileged to now be able to speak about that and also ensure that it doesn't happen to others uh by showing the actions you can take not to do that so yeah. i think it's a great great thing to share um and completely sort of uh simple well, sympathizing if that's the right word or not but but yeah. it's uh, relate probably relate we're not sympathizing on i i i take it as a blessing because i certainly would never let it happen again um, and now we, we're in a very privileged position not to let other people 
go down that line of bad decisions. You know, it's yeah. simpler decisions we make, but we've got to, you know, if we're going to like, if we've got to, I think, what's the expression there? If you're going to sit in your bed, make it or whatever they, they can't remember. The yeah, answer. no. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and do you know what as well? I've never been ashamed of that at no. all. Um, I think certainly when something like that happens to you, you, you take stock is an understatement. You know, you, you you literally kind of creased over thinking, what do I do next? Yeah. But, you know, luckily enough, you know, it was put to me this way. It was put, Rob, if there's people out there who do it two, three, four, five times, now that should be illegal. Absolutely. But if it, something happens to you once and you get took for a load of money and you can't recover, well, what's the shame in that? And it, it took me a while to get over it, but I came round to that way and I thought, well, you know, you you become at peace with yourself, don't you? You think, well, actually, you know, that really wasn't my fault. I did, I shouldn't have done it, but you know, it wasn't with any malice. I, I actually just thought it would be okay. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but just make consequences. But you're right. Yeah. Just try and well, make sure that you don't. It, whatever mistakes that you make, and they're all right, aren't they? Mistakes as long as you. It's corny, but as long as you learn from them. It, yeah. it, if you don't learn from them and keep doing the same, well, that's, you know, that's a, a space that no one wants to be. But as long as we learn from them, it, it can only be good to help you relate to other people, can't it, really? Mm. We're all in business. Mm. I mean, it's happened, you know, people I see, it's like you said, you know, everybody and, and people say, well, it happened to us. Yeah. You know, it might have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or I don't think there's any shame in 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 failing. No, absolutely. And that's why... You know, we've set a mentorship and training up for, so we can pass all the knowledge our whole team have had, you know, to, to, to so you don't have to make the mistakes. That's, I mean, if we'd had that, or even even if you'd had that, you know, we all may yeah. have not made the mistake. If you had a, you know, we all had these mentors that had said, well, actually, I did this and this is what this happened. Yeah. You know, the game could have changed for everyone. So, yeah, you know, brilliant. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a bit of a fun round. Um, if you can keep these, short and as sweet as you can um yeah yeah, but just to see a bit of you as a as a person so yeah mcdonald's or burger king gotta be burger king 100 (laughs) percent. how can anyone pick mcdonald's i mean Uh, come on um i'm with you on that one to be fair it's uh yeah come on i mean mcdonald's it just looks like whenever the kids get them or something it just looks like it flat yeah you know burger king at least has got some proper beef in it yeah, somewhere. <laughs> it was once somewhere, somewhere, don't they? But I always, always. Well, I, I don't do it anymore. I don't. I don't eat stuff like that because it's kind of changed my diet and my lifestyle. Um, but Burger King, fab. Uh, sunbathing or skiing? Easy. Cannot stand inaction. I'm not saying I'd be any good at skiing either. Like I did when it when I was a kid. <laughs> I think I went once and I could do it. What's it? A snowman's plough or whatever. Right. But skiing. Sunbathing, lying there on a beach. Why? Why do I, Why do people do that? I Relax. really don't get it. Relax, chill. <laughs> well, I suppose so, so. Yeah. So, where would you holiday, Rob? Oh, do you know what we, we went to? Um, we went to Crete uh, just prior COVID. That was fabulous. Really, really loved that. So relaxing. So we went around the whole island, but that was uh, really enjoyed. I loved the the people. Um, so Greece would be would be nice. It's got the weather, um, yeah. plenty of things to do. Yeah. So a busy holiday, but in the sun is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. not sitting there in the sun. You know, moving around. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, from pub to pub or whatever. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, planks or herringbone? Have you got wood in your house, or what have you got? What have you got fitted in your house? I have. I'm so ashamed to say I've got absolutely gorgeous um, Austrian planks, which uh, it's shocking <laughs> considering. <laughs> what i do for a living you know they say plumbers yeah. and leaky taps don't they yeah. that's what they say don't they? and yeah. i am desperate to get my floors done can i find anyone to do my floors no as soon as you find mm. out what i do no one will come near me uh, <laughs> so, well, so maybe the, the, he's a call on the podcast can anyone in the northwest yeah. help rob get a Liverpool. beautiful floor yeah I've, caught, I've scaled back on my ambition. I wanted the, you know, uh, some Utica paint in there. I wanted some kind of invisible, fit, you know, tint of white. In it. Forget that now. I just want, I just want a good, simple job. Just stand it, lacquer it. I do want our colour plus in there as well, which is you put a hundred mil bottle into the lacquer, shake it. It gives like a just a hint of like a white aspect. So that's all I want. So right. anyone out there. So we, need, we need a sanding contractor that will work sanding. in in Liverpool. And I promise to leave you alone, not yeah. follow you around the job. And you'll pay for the lacquer and the sandpaper. <laughs> I'll pay for everything. <laughs> How much is it now out there? I don't know. Uh, and you won't ask for discount. You'll be the, the ideal customer. That's uh... Absolutely prime customer, me. I will leave you alone. <laughs> Anything you want. And this is why I'm at my mum and dad's at, well, I'm a pro got the builders in, hence, hence can't do it. I'm struggling for a space, so I will bacon butties, whatever you want, you got oh, it. So class. get in touch, please. Uh, and if you won 10 million tonight on the lottery, what'd be the first thing you buy? Do you know what? I, I'm just going to be probably everyone. I kind of wrapped my brains on this, and then I thought the first thing that came in, uh, into my mind, I thought most people would think the same. I pay off the mortgage yeah. first off. Um, what else would I do? Um, I put some money, make sure the, the kids are okay with the property. Sounds so boring, doesn't it? Um, but then I'd, I'd kind of look to invest in some startup companies that yep. could actually do some, that's got some real potential maybe to make a difference. Um, I kind of I love startups and new business and, and stuff like that. Something with healthcare, hopefully. That, yeah. I find that, that, um, that really interesting. So uh, I would probably, I mean, 10 million is a massive amount of money, isn't it? Um, so that would see me. Possibly a holiday at Crete as well. Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might even pay top whack for me flooring, get my uh, flooring yeah. done. Yeah, you can get, get herringbone all the way through. Yeah. Well, you, I'll tell you what, I mean, herringbone or plank, I do prefer the look of plank, actually. Yeah. But there's no doubt our um, turnover of MS Palm has gone up massively. And we actually... Uh, had a word over this, me and Mary Claude, the, the export manager who absolutely, what she, what that woman does not know about wood, honestly. Shocking, brilliant. Um, and we had a word about this. And we think a lot of it is because of our popular herringbone. Right. As we yeah. become. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gone. So it, it, so even though it's, but I prefer the, the look, I like the wide plank personally. That's just my personal opinion, really. So we'll be re redoing the floor. And uh, it leads on to my next question. What Once you've won the lottery, uh, what's the dream car? Oh, do you know what, as well? I sound like these past two questions that I've answered about the paying off the mortgage and helping with the kids' house. <laughs> Can you believe, I mean, I do probably do about 40, 45,000 miles a year. 
yeah. in the car. So you would think that I would have absolutely got this question off Pat. You know, there are no, what a one. But the real truth is, and I was talking to my missus about it, and she said, well, you're not interested in cars. Uh, and considering to spend so much time in them, it's crackers, really. Yeah, but yeah. it is the office. I'm not, but if I was, if I was absolutely forced into it, and I wasn't bothered about people thinking I looked a bit like a prat, <laughs> I, think, I think it would be, I think it would be like a Rolls Royce Phantom. Right, fair play. Yeah, just for the absolute complete luxury of it. Yeah. So I think. I think that that will probably be it, but I, I don't think even if I won ten million, I cannot imagine me buying one. No, no. I think there'd be a nice thing to have. I don't think there would be. They'd have a bit of stigmatism uh, going down Sainsbury's to go and pick some mints up. You know, you, it just wouldn't be. Uh, everyone would be it's, looking. It's, uh, it's little for me all the way, and that's yeah. only a, a quarter to nine with the thirty percent. <laughs> I am the master at that, getting the bargain. Yeah, so no, good I, in, uh, wouldn't go too well in Little or Aldi, that would it? Turning no. up in a Rolls Royce fan. Well, there's always time. There's always time. But yeah, I think it would look good in the car park. But oh, it might just be a bit of a garage garage queen and be a nice thing to polish on a Sunday and go down the the local uh, carvery to get your dinner and then then just get a, a Ford Mondeo for the uh, yeah. the day. The hey, I'm intrigued, by the way. What 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 other kind of uh, answer has people given if you've asked them that question? Oh, we've had Aston Martins, Ferrari F40s. Uh, mainly the petrol heads will have a, a certain car that they would just go out and buy. So, right. uh, yeah, yeah. So no, but uh, it's good. Good answer to the the, uh, the roller. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good one. Um, I do, whenever you go past them, I do look at people and think, mm, "Look a bit of a prat there," and then I think. Well, what a lovely, luxurious car that is. I mean, you can almost fall asleep driving one of them things, surely. Yeah. No, I think it's... I've had a bit of a relationship with different cars, and uh, at one point I had a white, new-shaped Range Rover Sport, which at the time I thought was right. the, the bee's knees. It was the most beautiful car to drive. It was fast. It was comfortable. It was like it was like the dream car, basically. I'd saved yeah. up and I'd done this and I'd done that to get this Range Rover Sport. And then when I got it at petrol stations or occasionally if I'd gone to a site or if driving it to Lidl and stuff like that, I would get a comment. And that comment might not have been negative. It's still, oh, a nice car or this. And in the end, I sold it after four and a half months because it was like driving around in a pink elephant because everywhere I went, someone might make a comment. And I just thought, I just want to drive my car to pick my kids up or to do this yeah. without someone mentioning, you know, that's nice, or this or that. And I think not much of it was negative, but it was like as if I'd painted it pink. So yeah. I, I, I'm, with the thing with the roller or you're buying a Lamborghini, I think they are great to have and they're possibly very nice to um, own, but actually living with one on a day-to-day basis and the stigmatism that comes with them is like it would be like twice as bad as the Range Rover Sport. You know, yeah. you imagine driving into Lidl with your, with a Lamborghini. It's just like, yeah. yeah, oh, here he comes. Here, you, you know, know what? You're talking about cars there, but there's no doubt. People people look at your car and they think, well, you are your car, don't they? Really? Yeah. It's like, it's like a, you know, they look at it. I mean, 
I'm not ashamed of it. I, I, I'm in London most weeks um, and we've got another car. We've got an estate and I, I've tried going to London in that. So I actually drive a little Skoda City Go. Right. Um, so, and people, when they see me, some customers, when they see me, if I've not met them before, they'll kind of st- step back and go like, what are you driving? Are you driving that? So um, is it a tiny I, thing or is it? Yeah, what, yeah. What, yeah. Uh, but do you know what, Tom? I can get into central London. I can get into any gap. And it's just, for me, I should, my wife says you should have a better car. But in a way, I'm not that fussed. That makes any sense. I'm, I'm happy with what it is. It's economical. I can park it anywhere. Okay, you know, maybe I should get a better Low tax? Car. Is it 30 quid yeah, tax? Yeah, yeah. yeah, 20 or so. I think it's even free, actually. Yeah. Um, but, is you know. Petrol, it's not electric, is it? Petrol. Petrol. Petrol, I couldn't yeah. do I could I couldn't do electric. The range is just I can't get up to Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go halfway house. I've gone halfway house. I've got a electric petrol uh, estate, and uh, so I, I can get forty five miles on a charge. But then if I go on a long journey, I get about hundred miles because it self charges itself. So once it right. recharges itself, it then deploys more battery at me. Um, so I never run out, and with the the petrol price is getting a bit enthusiastic at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can I do this. Think, think about it with the. Uh, uh, it's. It, it is shocking, isn't it? And that that is stopping everyone travelling a lot. I mean, I have cut back because. <clears throat> yeah. So electric. I didn't know they did. They didn't know they did that half. Yeah. Half so if you're round the doors, you're not going to see clients. Um, I can do two school runs, drive to the office, go to Netto. <laughs> without even turning the engine on whatsoever. And then I go back home and plug it in and it charges. Um, or if I go out into the motorway, it'll drive probably 38 miles or so um, in full electric. And then a petrol engine suddenly materializes. Uh, yeah. And then you put it into a different mode, it self-charges, then it'll go back into electric. It's like witchcraft. Um, so you, you yeah. tend to get sort of 50 to 70 miles a gallon in full petrol and then... Uh, and then if you're not full electric, it just I, I don't even know how you work out the amount of gallon because you're not you're not using any petrol, but uh, but then the price yeah. of electric's gone up. So I'm yet to find out if our electric bills. I think we're all gonna but... go we're all gonna go electric, aren't we? Eventually. Yeah, you know, that's that's the in, in the coming years. I think that's it's definitely I don't think it they've won the, the battle, haven't they? But I don't think yeah. it's gonna be quick. Two thousand and thirty, no more production fuel cars is there is what I think it is. So you'll still be able to buy them, but only secondhand, the ones with engines. But 2030, everything will be electric powered. So off the production lines. I'm planning on still having my Skoda. <laughs> <laughs> Being around the world a hundred times. Yeah. Class. I've done too many in it as it is. No, so so um just to clarify, Rob, the so Tova has um lacquers, adhesives, um Abrasives, your sandpaper as well. Yeah, yeah. We um, yeah. Paints. Is there yeah. anything else we've Oils. missed? Oils. Oils. So. All the you know the primers, the DPM. Really, any any chemical solution you need to either bond a floor, finish a floor, uh, maintain a floor, to overdo it, and they do it better than anybody. So when I, I just actually before we came on here, just had a call with someone else, and I never she didn't. This lady didn't want to um, said oh. Um, 
if you don't mind, don't come and see us. Can you send a catalogue? Okay, fine. You know, do you want to email? No, can we send a, a, a printed one? Yeah. Great, no problem. Just had a call now. Said that actually my, my partner just can't believe how many products you've got. I mean, it really is um, extensive. One, one stop. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but you know, really groundbreaking innovation of products, which is, that, that's the key. But we do everything, really. Anything so- you can think of. So what type of clients are you looking for? Are you looking for retailers? Are you looking for one man in a van? What? No, no, 100%. And this is, Tova have got a kind of different strategy only because we were kind of so late to the game in the UK. Um, If it would have been 15, 20 years ago, I mean, when I had my business, my business was supplying distributors who would then supply, for example, the DIY chains or, or etc now because we are a bit late to that party the people out there in the uk you know if you go on their websites they've got all the big names in there they've got seeker Siranova, you know all the big the big boys are there really so in a way it's been difficult for us to say well why do you you know why take a chance on tova if you if you look on a website and it's got every single big brand on the the big boys bonner and etc so our business is that we only want to supply people who really know about wood. And that's right. sounds so, so corny. Um, but we are that large direct uh, relationship. Okay. So we don't actually hold stock in the UK. Okay. And when, and when I started with Tilbury, I thought, Ooh, that, that surely can't work, but it really does work. I mean, Tilbury, from a small start, granted, but we've grown in six years by over 6,000% in right. the UK. Oh um, and because we do so many products and you can mix anything on the palette, it, 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 just, it just works. And we yep. keep the prices really, our pricing really aggressive uh, because we don't do the marketing. We don't, you know, we don't spend doodles on glitz and glamour. Yeah. Um, but we put the money into the products uh, and and getting your bottom line, your profitability back by being as lean as we can. Uh, so so our clients isn't you know one man in a van. It, it's typical um, large customers, okay. um, multi pallet drops. Yeah, um, and people, for example, floor manufacturers as well. We supply the oils and the lacquers. Some of the biggest names in the world. Okay. own label obviously right, yeah. um, and they they put our products through the machines okay and um, so that's another side of, of of kind of who we supply as well but yeah businesses that really know about about wood really and on and on pallet quantities minimum one pallet at a time minimum. so yeah so if you, yeah if you, if you want one what... tub of lacquer don't don't ring you <laughs> yes that's it's just how we, we kind of simplify things and, and it works you know and it and we ship twice a week yeah, things are really quick. Um, I'm always honest, as as we always. It's the only way to be, isn't it? In in business, things are slightly slower at the moment. Yeah. Um, but you know, within two weeks, you've got your goods. Right. From order. So because it's pallets, and you're not buying a tub here and a tub there. You know, most people can plan really. Yeah. If you just want one or two of things, then maybe go. You know, we're perhaps not for you. No. And have you got any clients that could, in theory, facilitate um, a couple of tubs of lacquer? You know, as in, like, have you got some people that are buying multi-pallets that are redistributing it, or is it literally for their own use on their own jobs? Or? You know what? It, 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 we, we, we do 
we've got a couple of, of massive uh, internet clients um, who kind of take, you know, full trucks. Yeah. So, but to trade, the vast majority of Tova's customers use use it for, for their own projects or, okay. or you know, the, their own jobs and don't really kind of sell that on. Right, okay. Uh, and we sometimes have a problem because, like on LinkedIn or, or Instagram and if we kind of ask some of our clients, they don't want to share anything about Tova. <laughs> I actually said to one of them, I said, well, why, why is this? Can you tell, you know, don't want anyone else to know. No, no that's fair play. <laughs> and I told this to Tova and I said, really, it's a compliment. They don't want anyone to know that they're using Tova because they don't want, because we're giving them an edge. Right. Yeah. So I never looked at it like that. I thought, why aren't these people, you know, you know what it's like, Tom. You, yeah. Can you, sh- you share that post or that job on LinkedIn or whatever? And I just just kept getting a bit of excuses back, really. It's just like, why why don't you help us out? And they were like, well, to be honest, Bob, we don't really want, you know, don't want anyone else spying off you. So. Oh, fair play. No, play. So how, really. how, if someone is in the market for a pallet or a mixed pallet, um, what is the best way to get hold of you, Rob? Always on the mobile to me. Um, the usual channels, obviously. I've got people, LinkedIn happens a lot, doesn't it, now? I don't, yeah. I should do more, really. Sometimes I kick yourself a bit of a dinosaur, but um, message on LinkedIn or call or, or kind of email me. And I get in touch with, with, with lots of people the old-fashioned way, you know. I'll, I'll literally yeah. pick up the phone Um and I would say nine out of ten people want to hear what you've got to say, but you can send emails, can't you? Sometimes, Tom, for forever. Yeah, you want so busy. Human so to busy. human is the best. Yeah, yeah, people are so busy. It's no one's fault. They just people don't have that. That did they? That. Oh. What, are you happy had... to um, share your mobile number? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. that? Oh, double seven eight seven three one nine seven eight six. Just, um, and it's funny you should say about about you, you you've I've got one of my little scribble I've just done there because I thought I didn't answer that question really well when you said you know about investment and stuff like that. Um Marie Claude, the export manager, who's who, who's just fabulous, she once said a, a, a saying to me, which has stuck with me really, pardon the pun. And she said to me, you know what, Rob, time is not elastic. You can't get it back. No. So no, it, right. I think investment, the big, biggest investment I give to Tova, I think, is time. Is time. Yeah. And I think if we all kind of remembered that, that once that's gone, it's gone, isn't it? Absolutely. So, so uh, yeah. Really solid yeah. advice. Love it. No, brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think that's a brilliant way to end the podcast, Rob. Um, thank you very much for coming on. It's been really good to quiz you and probe you and I think we've hit the... Probe me. Probe yeah. <laughs> and hopefully if... Uh, yeah. we, we started low and we end in low, so it's... Uh... Yeah, of course, yeah. It always got, it's got to be. This is the flooring industry after all. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been great. Thank you so much for listening to the Woodflock podcast. I've been Tom Cockrell, your host. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, please visit cockrellandco.co.uk. That's cockrellandco.co.uk. You'll also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button.